What is up, y'all? It has been a little bit of time, but now we are back. Social on the Sidelines, episode 32. My name is Shabazz Khan. I'm joined by Amara Baptist. This is Social on the Sidelines, presented by Front Office Sports, with episodes brought to you by Whomst. I will only say this once tomorrow. You can sing it this time. I haven't heard in forever. I'm cool with it. Let's sing it. You miss it? No, I'm not going to say that. That's too far. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God. Graphics. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Happy 2020. Oh, it is. This is the first on a tw- th- we are in a new decade of social on the sidelines. May this continue until the next decade, but not with you singing. And possibly with a new co-host if you do sing. Wow! <laughs> um, so, as per usual, our friends over at Team Infographics <laughs> uh, do some crazy Ooh. cool things <laughs> on the design front, amongst many other things. Feel free. Actually, we implore you in this new decade to make great life decisions, one of which is checking out Team Infographics where, Amara? Where? Where do you find Team Infographics? Ain't no joke. It's so long. <laughs> Did you forget where? To... <laughs> I would never forget. Okay. It's teaminfographics.com or on Twitter at Team Infographs. I just, it was in the compartment of my you mind that I needed to unlock again. Word. Yeah. But I'm so happy it. to be back. I am too. I am too. Today we had on a very special guest. All, you know what's crazy? In all 32 episodes, we've always had special guests on. It's crazy that this is the only podcast that always has a special guest on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one was very special, though. Um, it was Camille. I'm not going to try to say his last name because I forgot. I was, gonna, say I it, was waiting but it's for like, it. It's like Chameleon something. <laughs> the, the, I'm not just Stray, saying that. Say it. Stray oh, Charizard. Strychars. Stride. He literally said Chameleon Stride Charizard. So it's Camille Stride I Charizard. Thought it was... <laughs> you know what? He's going to hate us. He's going to listen to this like tomorrow. And he's going to be like, I literally taught you for five minutes how to say my I name. Think it was... And you're butchering it. I think it was Strayed. You may, might be right. Regardless, we talked to Camille, who is, who is Stray Chords. Um, just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. That was terrible. Um, Dr. Camille, who's at, can you laugh? Jesus. Are you? Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm leaving all this in, by the way. Like, no, you, know you have to edit it out. No, I'm not. It's editing 2020. This. We have to be perfect. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to be me. Flaws. I'm not. I'm going to be me. My flaw is being on a podcast with you. Okay, wow, that's hurtful. Okay, wait, can I just make an announcement? What's that? He just followed me on Twitter, and his last name is <laughs> Dry Chars. That's what I said the first time. No, you said. Oh, I yeah. said Stry Chars. Okay, family. Anyway, continue. Okay, um, I'm gonna leave all that in, except I'm I'm gonna say Camille. I feel really bad about the stray chords thing. Because you didn't, that's not the way you taught it to us. It was stride and Charizard. Stride, Charizard. I got it. Um, so that was just, you know, impromptu on my end. It was an ad lib. I'm sorry. Anyway, 
Camille, now we will finally tell you what Strychars does. Camille Strychars, he works for the Chicago Bulls as a digital content coordinator, I believe, or in the digital team for the Chicago Bulls. He works on that was a drum roll. Uh, he works on Benny the Bulls TikTok, the Bulls archive page, the Chicago Bulls page, and so many of the cool creative things that they've done on the sponsorship side, including stuff with BMO and Snapchat. You might have remembered like the Beauty and the Beast, uh, Benny stuff they've done. It, he's done just really cool stuff. And so it was an honor to have him talk about Benny's TikTok and all of that cool stuff in the latest episode, the first of 2020. Would you guys like to listen to it? Should we just start it because we've been rambling? Yeah. Are you, God, you are so off in 2020. Anyway, we're just going to start it. All right. Mood. What is up, Social on the Sidelines? We are back. Today we're joined by very special guest, Camille Strychars. I practiced that in my head 20 times before I said it, but welcome <laughs> to the show, Camille. What's up? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Uh, first and foremost, before we di dive into everything that you're doing over at the Chicago Bulls, uh, the way that we start the show is getting a little bit insight into how you got to where you're at. So obviously now everyone knows you're at the Chicago Bulls, but what was the mm -hmm. journey to get there? Yes, the journey was quite wild, I must say. So throughout my entire life, I've been creating content. I just love entertaining people. And I think along the process, I've been getting addicted to the internet, I must say. Um, but ever since I was a kid, again, I was creating content. So whether it be when I was just over 10 years old, I was creating videos on YouTube. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I started creating Japanese prank compilation videos on YouTube. After what? a week of doing that, yes, after a week of doing that, I got a copyright strike from Google. I thought I was going to get arrested. And so picture me like a sixth grader terrified <laughs> in, my, in my parents' house. Like, oh, my God, Google's coming after me. So I stopped doing that. Um, then move on to Vine. When Vine was around, I was creating Vines. One of my Vines went viral on one of the top Facebook pages called Best Vines. That was so exciting. It was so cool to broadcast myself and see myself on the Internet. Um, fast forward a couple of years when Snapchat was really popping. I started doing takeovers for others. So even started doing takeovers for brands and other influencers, I guess you can say. So that was another cool thing I've done throughout high school. Um, just always been the class clown. You might be able to see that through this interview. I'm just kind of a goofball. <laughs> um, but throughout high school, I was doing things like hosting the pep rally. I started doing some shows. It's kind of like this acting. I don't know, like it just entertaining and creating my entire life has been prominent. Um, then throughout college, I've really started understanding how social media can be used for on the business side. And so I started doing some random things. Like on Facebook, I was running Facebook ads, trying to sell t-shirts. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know how to design t-shirts, but I thought it was so fascinating that you can use social media for business to the point where I started joining business clubs. I started to compete and represent for my university. So I went to DePaul University here in Chicago. I joined a business club called DECA. And in there, I got to compete and represent um, I had to compete in social media marketing case studies. And so there I was literally traveling around the country and kicking butt, honestly, not to be, not to be that guy, but it was a lot of fun. I was creating social media campaigns for fake companies. Um, so that was really cool. I got to get some experience there. And then, yeah, I mean, fast forward a couple more years. Here I am, started off as an intern at Chicago Bulls. And then 
fast forward a couple more months, here I am full time. That's awesome, man. So obviously digital content with the bulls. I don't know if people know, but Camille, and he's probably gonna be humble here, but Camille is one of the many bright minds that ideates uh some of the great Benny the TikTok con Benny's TikTok content amongst mm-hmm. Much other stuff, um, <laughs> such as some corporate uh, things you're doing over on the Bulls side, Bulls Archive, mm-hmm. I pl- I think you play a role in. Um, yes. Talk a little bit about what your current role entails um, and, and kind of the evolution, because the last time I spoke to you was at league meetings and mm-hmm. TikTok wasn't as prevalent as it is now. It was musically at the time. Yes, yes. So I guess we'll start off with what my role is now. I think that's going to help out and I can branch down to the specifics. So. Starting off, I would say 20% of my job is game coverage. And so that's live tweeting during games, publishing on Instagram and Facebook. So it's live coverage of the games. I'd say it's 20% of my role. The main part, the main course of my role splits into two buckets. The first is monetization. And so that's a ton of branded content. I'm working on the bigger campaigns, creating social media campaigns for our partners, obviously. And most of those, especially in today's, Time in my role is working with talent. So I'm working with illustrators, animators, doodle artists, just creators in general. The second bucket is expansion slash content strategy. And so under that bucket, that's TikTok, Giphy, Tenor, YouTube, LinkedIn, and just how you mentioned Bulls Archive. So a lot of it is the content strategy behind it. It's, It's growing the platform and then really bringing out and building the foundation for it so that others can hop in and then obviously create content on those platforms as well. I just rambled a ton. Does that make sense? Any questions there? 100%. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So did you have, I remember a couple of years back, I was actually at Fox Sports, I think when this happened, but I remember seeing the Bulls partnership with BMO Harris Bank on Mm -hmm. Snapchat and y'all did like those amazing um, Beauty and the Beast stories, um, and there was mm-hmm. one uh, detect like a mystery thing. Can you did yes. you have any part in that? And can you tell us how you guys did that so early on? I feel like that was groundbreaking to to have mm-hmm. a partnership like that, especially on an app like Snapchat. Yeah. So full credit goes to Luka Dukic. She was our senior director or well, director of digital content. So he's the one that actually came up with that idea. And a big shout out to BMO Harris Bank as well, because throughout our entire partnership with them, they've always been open to new ideas. And so also to give, I guess, some more background on BMO Harris Bank and how they've been a great partner. Number one, they've always been open to new ideas and trying different things. So when Snapchat was around, they obviously helped, not that they helped, they joined in on this content series where we created Snapchat stories with them on board. So just like you mentioned, there was Beauty and the Bull. There's just a ton of skits. Like we really treated stories for Snapchat stories. I don't know how to explain that too well, but um, also when Vine was around, we signed on with a deal with them to create a series called Vineables. So they were our main partner on Vine. And then now recently they partnered with us on TikTok. So huge shout out again to Vimo Harris Bank. Um, and obviously with us on our end, we're so grateful that they're on board because it's it's all these especially when they're new on these platforms, it's so scary <laughs> to just sign on these new platforms because so many people are still trying to figure it out. And to be honest, like we're still learning too, but we're, we're confident in our ideas. And so 
don't know if that answered your question at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely no, did. No, you did for sure. Um, so I'm going to hop right into one of the many questions I had. I, I've, I've been bothering Camille for the last couple of weeks on WhatsApp and various places, diving into the thoughts that go behind Benny the Bull's TikTok. So I know you can't give away all the secret sauce, but talk a little bit about the creativity um, that's put into it on your guys's. I know it's a full team effort, um, but mm-hmm. what goes into that day-to-day content and how are you, you know, building upon um, the, the crazy stuff that he's putting out? Because it, I, I follow it very closely from a personal standpoint and from a professional standpoint, and, and you guys are constantly raising the bar. How do you guys kind of keep yourself on your toes for that specific account? And then what are the goals for that account above and beyond just engagement? Yes, definitely. Um, so I guess to give background for everybody else, we have two accounts on TikTok. It's the at Chicago Bulls handle and then at Benny the Bull. When we first hopped onto TikTok, we first started off with at Benny the Bull. So that's through Benny's account. And the main reason why we did that was because Benny the Bull felt the most natural to the platform. And two, Benny's just so, it's so fitting of the actual platform itself. Benny can dance. Benny is funny. So there's so many components there. And then also the last one there, and the reason why we start with Benny is that when in terms of growing fandom, and that's one of our goals, obviously, Benny is so easy to be related to. It's so much easier to connect to Benny the Bull than it is a team. So even if you're not a Chicago Bulls fan, you can be a Benny the Bull fan. I can't stress that enough. It's been working so well for us. We've even had a ton of comments of people even lately saying, hey, I'm from England. I don't watch basketball, but I love Benny the Bull. I think I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. We've even had some people admit that they're changing their team's fandom towards the Chicago Bulls. And it's crazy to think that a mascot has the power of doing that. But I guess that's one of our biggest goals. And the reason why we're behind or on TikTok is to grow that fandom, hit these very hard to reach audiences. It's a young platform. Um, And yeah, so that's the biggest goal there. In terms of how we operate, something that's really cool and really special is that we specifically treat Benny the Bulls handle as a creator on the platform. So You'll notice that other brands, when they hop on the platform, people see it right away. They see right through it. They know it's a brand and they say, oh, like, how do you do, fellow kids? And like, it just doesn't fit. You know, With Benny, we really treat that character and that account as a creator on the platform. So you'll see that what we're doing on the actual account is fitting to that platform and we're part of that community. Now, in terms of how we operate, we created a mini TikTok content team. So there's three of us. There's myself representing Team Digital. So I'm providing all the digital assets in terms of like editing videos. It can be copy suggestions, things like that. And then the other side and the most important side, a huge shout out to Team Benny. So there's two from Team Benny. It's Benny and then Benny's lead mascot assistant, which is Ransom Hatch. So again, huge shout out to them. There's three of us. And in terms of process, every single week we meet to brainstorm. So literally on our calendars, every single week we meet for 30 minutes to an hour to discuss ideas, and what to shoot, how to shoot it. And we plan out like a shot list. Then also we created a Slack channel. So we're messaging each other literally every night. We're on TikTok every single night. And then the last part is that we all have the login information to Benny's account. And so it's mostly Benny liking posts so that we can then reference during our brainstorm meetings. But overall, I think we've really started building out how this process works. We started learning very quickly how, like what performs well. And then I guess it's just, growing from there. Now, the second component, the Chicago Bulls handle, we're starting to now focus a lot more on 
especially after officially signing with BMO Harris Bank to sponsor the account, the TikTok presence on the account. Um, so you're going to see a ton more posts there, especially after All-Star. You're going to see things from our fans, through our performance teams, even from yours truly, the, the, betting, the bull, oh, betting the Bull. Um, I don't know. I'm just really excited about it all. Again, I'm probably rambling off, <laughs> but as you can tell, this is really fun stuff. No, we love it. No, it rambling. shows in the work. Um, two things. One, can you introduce me to Benny the Bulla All Star? <laughs> Easy. He's okay, a busy, perfect. very busy mascot, but we'll fit that in the schedule. We'll make it happen. Oh my gosh. Okay, I would be honored. Second is, uh, can you kind of tell our listeners um, what the breakdown of your digital team is? I know you said what you do, but um, can you tell us how many people are doing um, other things so that you're allowed mm-hmm. time to focus on? TikTok or other initiatives. Mm-hmm. So our, our team is segmented into three different categories, I guess you can say, like three sub-segments of the team. So I guess for everyone listening, anyone that's under the Chicago Bulls digital department, we are the ones that are controlling anything that the Bulls put out across the internet. And so within our digital department, there's three sub-segments. There's content. That's the team I'm a part of. We're the ones actually pressing send and publishing and being the voice of the Chicago Bulls. The second bucket is product. So product is really focusing on any kind of our owned platforms and owned being the Bulls mobile app, email marketing lists, and then Bulls.com. The last one, which is the newest subsegment, is growth. And so that's comprised of our email marketing strategists and then our digital marketing strategists. And they're really focused on revenue, really focused on retaining current season ticket holders and things like that. Um, growing youth camps, their list goes on as well. but I guess the way they're, again, our, our team is comprised is under those three little umbrellas, but we're all working together and growing the Chicago Bulls through the internet. Oh, Got it. That makes sense. Um, you talked a little bit about some of the other things that you're working on, and I'm sure we'll get back to TikTok throughout the conversation. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I think you guys uh, are doing that's really cool is Bulls Archive, and I know you and some other folks on the team play a role in that too. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that? What the thought of of why you guys were starting that? Um, what kind of prompted mm-hmm. it? And the, the strategy that's involved there? Yes. So Bulls Archive is still a project that so many people don't know about. And I think it's really going to start popping off, especially after the Jordan documentary goes out. I think that's what's really going to help with the, I guess, awareness towards this never before seen content. And so to give some background and some color on what exactly at Bulls Archive is, it's essentially an archive account, just like how it sounds. It's photos and videos that have never been seen to the public. So literally, if you go onto our Instagram or Twitter account at at Bulls Archive, you're going to see photos that have not been shared publicly. It's literally only the photographer at the time and anyone else that's in the office that can see them physically. So we literally go into a binder, we find digital copies, we scan them. We put them in the template and we release them out to the public eye. So a little bit going deeper into how the content was created. We had a team photographer that would travel with the team. He still does. He shoots for all their home games, but especially during the Jordan era, even before then, he was traveling on every single road game. He was in White House visits. He was inside a locker room after each championship. So there's so many photos that he took, but literally have just been in a vault and has not been shared. Our job is to bring eyeballs and show off that content to the general public. 
Now, the account launched in June, pretty early June, if I remember that correctly. Um, right now, we're at 26,000 followers, which is also insane and mind-blowing. Um, I can definitely go into how we grew the account and what we did there, but I don't know if that's the direction you want to take this. So I guess I'll stop there, answer any questions from that. Yeah, um, real quick, one quick follow-up would be how did, what kind of prompted or whose idea was it? And mm -hmm. what was the discussion like? Because a lot of times, you know, especially for people that aren't necessarily in the field, there's a lot of cool ideas that happen, but they ended up being mm -hmm. lost. You know, there, there's a graveyard of social ideas that never go out. Mm -hmm. How did this one, what was the process on getting this one on the board? Yes. And that graveyard is so true. Um, especially, I, I'm kind of a weirdo in terms of like, I always have brainstorm sessions with a group. Um, to the point where people might get annoyed by how many ideas I actually have. But this one really came off of um, the fact that we want to keep revolutionizing what we're doing and, and learning from what we're doing across our platforms. And so verticalization was something that was very interesting to us. We've seen with other publishers how they're creating separate accounts that are focused on one specific thing. And we noticed that anytime we post a Jordan photo or a video, it's going to do well. Like It's like a secret hack. Whenever we posted Derek Rose photo back in the day, like it would do well. So we we know that posting this content would work. And then two, we wanted to really test out again verticalization to see if how can we sub-segment our audience into this one account. So we know anyone that's following the account is interested in history, history content. Um, and so that's I guess that's how it started off. And then two, there are Things like the Jordan document that's, that's going to be coming out, we knew that that would bring additional eyes. And then three, this content that we have stored is so cool. And it might be just me that thinks it's really cool, but like there are some photos that like people would pay so much to even see. <laughs> like if you guys are ever in the office, I'll gladly bring you upstairs and show some of the things we have. But um, if you don't make it to our office, you just have to follow the account <laughs> and see from there. But yeah, it's just really cool things that are coming out of there for sure can't wait to see it um my question is obviously the bulls are a really storied franchise and as you know social media trends switch to um you know current whatever the trend is that week how do you guys balance giving your fans um the content that they're used to and then kind of transitioning them into, you know, being more quote unquote hip or, you know, using terms that are current, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I guess one thing that we've been getting better at is really identifying what the objective of our content is. And so there are many different things that help spark what kind of content we're producing. So let's say for an example, if All-Star is coming up and we need to promote Zach Levine as obviously we want Zach Levine in the All-Star. That is the objective. We know that we have to drive votes for Zach Levine. So that positions what kind of content we're creating. Um, if it's branded content, we know a partner wants brand awareness. We know let's create this campaign. This will probably do the best. We'll pitch to the partner and then we'll see from there. And then we'll obviously create that campaign. So I guess it all starts off with objectives. Um, I guess everything that we do from the digital team has to connect somehow to the Chicago Bulls brand and or any of the goals that we have. So. Uh, whether it be our brand purpose, which is to inspire and unite people through legendary experiences, that can help guide the kind of content that we create. And then also the multiple different goals that we have, whether it be 
growing the next generation of fans. So that's growing fan, growing fandom. Um, whether that be, I mean, there's so many different pillars, but I guess that's where it all starts off is that the content has to hit on a certain objective and then we just position it off of there. So I don't know if that, <laughs> I don't know if that went a little bit off topic there, but. No, for sure. And I guess a follow up to that is, was there a change in brand voice at some point? And what were, what was your fans reaction to that? Mm-hmm. I've only been with the team for three years. I think that milestone has hit recently. So I don't think we ever hit like a drastic change of some point of some point, but one that we have been doing, I guess, drastically over this, over the last year, was really growing out our team and our content team in general. We've recently created a content studio. So now it's not just our digital department creating content. It's really involving our game entertainment team, our in-house video team, our creative services department. And so like, there's so many more departments now involved in creating our content and being the voice of the Chicago Bulls. Um, so I guess that's one thing that helped evolutionize the type of content we're putting out. But in terms of brand voice, I think we've stayed consistent for the most part. For sure. Um, one thing that I wanted to to ask, knowing that a lot of people only see the front lines of the really cool stuff that you guys are doing, um, a lot of the work that behind the scenes goes into equally as cool work, but not as discussed as often, like the corporate side. Talk a little bit mm-hmm. about your background and kind of the strategy and how that differs from a corporate standpoint, why it's important to focus on that as much as the organic standpoint um, mm-hmm. and, and who's involved in those processes. Yes, definitely. So I guess we'll start off with brand content. So my background, my education background is marketing and finance. So it's kind of a good double-edged sword in terms of, I understand the partner side, like what they're looking for when they're partnering with the Chicago Bulls, like they want to market through our team. How can we do that? And the other side is from a team side, how are we growing Chicago Bulls fan? Like how does that partnership benefit the Chicago Bulls? And so with every single core partner that comes in, any kind of campaign that we create, we want to make sure it's valuable to us. And I think that's a process that has been really revolutionary in terms of in the past we've had, or I guess this happens to other organizations as well, where a seller would just sell a campaign and then boom, hey, here's a prize, digital team, you have five Twitter posts to create. And we're just like, oh, here we go. That has changed completely. Now it's, we're actually in these conversations, we're in pitches now, um, we're creating content, content that's valuable not only to the Chicago Bulls brand, but also to the partner as well. And so I think that's what really helped us stay different from, I guess, others is that we're creating these awesome campaigns that we come up with the ideas with. And so that ranges all over from creating these TikTok campaigns to working. I can't give away too many details on projects we're working on, but like there's, there's so many cool campaigns that we're working on and we're giving so many cool opportunities to young um, and inspiring artists. Like it's just so gratifying, but um, overall I want to emphasize again that like everything that we do has to have a reason or why we're putting out the content. We don't just post just to post. It all has to align to some kind of objective. Um, and so from the organic standpoint, even when we're tweeting a game, we're putting out a highlight. We're really watching out. We're not just posting or tweeting live score. We're not like everything has a reason why we're posting it. Like, will it grow fandom? Will it inform someone of the score? Like everything is with a purpose. And I think that's another part that's really important. For sure. Um, it, it's funny because I come 
from a relatively similar background. Like when I first came into the Wolves, um, we had a bunch of corporate sponsorships, but I think there was not necessarily, um, th- there wasn't as much discussion on the front end, um, not by any individual's fault, but there just wasn't as much communication as there is now. And we're working in a place where mm-hmm. we come from a content first standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so talk a little bit about your team and you said you were part of those pitches, but for people who are unfamiliar mm-hmm. with the sports world, um, you know, why is it so important to, to be there? Um, and then mm-hmm. how, how is the, how is the buy-in worked on both the business and the basketball side? Because I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of the ideas that are, that are had from a corporate standpoint involve, um, some cool things involving players or whatever it may be. How do you get that access and buy-in from from the business side Mm -hmm. and the basketball side and the corporate side? There are so many questions in there, but I'll try to knock (laughs) out. My bad. I'm I'm rattling off as many (laughs) as I can. (laughs) Lighting me up over here. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So one thing that makes the job very difficult, I guess two things that make the job very difficult is one, a lot of things that are these in these pitches are a lot of times people don't understand the platform that we're on, they don't understand the series that are on, they just have to buy in on the trust. And one thing that helps with buying trust is showing results. And so like we have internal case studies, we have awards that we've won. So like there's that initial buy-in, but for the most part, there's a lot of brands that don't understand like what exactly we're pitching. So that's where it's really important for us to hop in and really inform and almost in a way consult the partner and also our sellers. So every single week we treat our business side, like the actual core partner side, as an agency. So the potential partner writes out like what is their objective, who are they trying to reach, what is the demographic, that kind of things. And then we take it again, this agency approach, we write down potential ideas and then then our sellers are out there pitching us. Sometimes they have us on the phone call, sometimes we're in the offices pitching. Um, so that entire process, it's really informing and teaching others what we're trying to do and how it benefits both both the partner and then obviously the Chicago Bulls. We never want to do something where it's just benefiting the partner. It's always about how is this an actual partnership. Now, in terms of like especially the wild ideas that involve players, there's things that are, are limiting. So something like the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, we can't have, let's say for example, our rookie Kobe White eat a McDonald's burger. Like that's unless they have an endorsement with the player, and I'm sure um, some of the listeners here are very familiar with the CBA, but for those that don't know, it's it's to protect the players um, under an agreement. So like, we're not just putting out content that they're not aware of and making sure that we're associating products with them that they are not wanting to be associated with. Um, so in terms of the cooler content that involves our players, we always make sure we either sign an endorsement deal or there's some kind of synergy already in place. So one thing that we're doing with Adidas, for example, um, again, it hasn't been released yet, so I can't get too much information but it involves two of our players that are signed currently with adidas and so like there's that already in place synergy that works out for both the chicago bulls adidas and our players though and then the last component to mention too is that everything has to be beneficial to everybody involved so i can't stress that enough it's called a partnership for, for a reason <laughs> it has to be a partnership that two people or two brands are feeling good about what they're buying into and yeah, I guess I'll just end it right there. Perfect. You killed it. So obviously you do a lot of work on the business side. Um, how do you stay inspired creatively 
so that you're up to date and ready to go on the creative side? Because I know we all we all um, have lulls in kind of inspiration. So what do you do mm-hmm. to to keep your creativity flowing? Yes, I'm so glad you asked this, and because especially so true right now, and I'm sure both of you can attest to this. Like people really don't see the amount of work that goes into just running the presence of a brand, especially through the internet. I mean, like that's something I don't think is talked enough about within our industry is that it feels like we're almost always connected to the internet, whether it be on our phones, like even on our personal feeds, I'm sure you guys are following your own players. I'm sure you're following your own brand. So like, it's so hard to disconnect and we're always in, like there's so many products that we have to, we have to keep pushing forward, constantly answering our emails, answering messages, but that is a separate conversation there. But in terms of creativity, I've been really, I've been burning out recently, especially with so many projects. But one that's been really helpful is disconnecting and then setting, literally blocking off time in my calendar to like be free. I don't know how to explain this well, but being free in terms of like listening to podcasts or like doing simple things like taking a walk around the concourse, like just disconnecting. I think that really helps ground yourself. I've recently gotten into meditation recently. I've been really like rebuilding myself and disconnecting from the computer. And I think that alone has already helped spark out more ideas. And then the more fun part to this answer, which I'm sure everyone else actually does want to hear, is I've been following a ton of accounts, um, especially with the creators that we work with on some of the cool campaigns we work with. I get inspired from them. Um, obviously, follow other accounts in the, in the industry, subscribe to a ton of different newsletters. I'm in Facebook groups. And so I can definitely spit off a ton of different resources to look at. But I think that's so important is one, to disconnect them and two, when you are connected, like make sure that time is being used properly, not just surfing the web and like do random things, but have an objective in mind. Like, so when you're on social media, just in your head, say, for an example, I want to find a creative idea. And it sounds so stupid to say out loud, but the more objective focused we can all be, I think the better we all perform. I Word. love that. The final question, the way that we wrap up our podcast every time, is advice that you have for those that are listening to this show it could be current people in the field um you know we have a we have a healthy mix of people that are currently in the field and listen on their way to work and then people that are aspiring to get into the field so what advice would you have for either or both of those groups yes one that applies to everyone i guess i'll give two things one is you are appreciated and your work matters that's number one never forget that you guys are all awesome. Never forget that. Number two, and this is a very practical advice. This is for the listeners that are trying to get into the field or trying to find their dream job is to, I guess there's a difference between people that can do and want to. And so to really explain what that is, like there's so many people out there that want to run social media accounts for their favorite sports team, or they want to, they want to become an actress or they want to become whatever it is. Like there's so many wants out there what really separates people is the people that can actually do it. And so what I mean by this, when applying for a role, and I'm sure this happens across both the teams that you work with uh, or work on, is you get hundreds of applications. There are so many people that say, oh, I want this position, and here's why. I think the ones that really stick out are the ones that can prove or show visually how they're actually doing it. So even this turns into a random cycle of like, I can't get an internship because I don't have the experience. And so I can never get a job because I don't have the experience. But 
you can create that opportunity. So let's say, for example, you want to become a social media manager for the Chicago Bulls. One thing that you can start doing is creating social media posts and showing how you tweet or how you Instagram differently for the Chicago Bulls. It's like almost like a mini portfolio. I think that's something that's easy to do and it sets you apart. And then another component to that is if you're in high school or in college, join clubs, network. I think everyone says that, but adding on to that, if you are wanting to get into social media marketing or you want to get in marketing, join clubs and become their head of recruiting or their vice president of marketing. There's so many different ways of actually getting experience without needing a job. And so I can't stress that enough. That's been really helpful for me and how I got here today is throughout my entire career, I've been creating content. I have something to show, like actual tangible things that can apply to the brand that I'm applying for. Um, I don't know how to end it there, but um, yeah, just create and have something tangible to show to people. Word. Well, we appreciate having you on, man. So much insightful stuff in here. Thank you for one, letting me know how to say your last name correctly. And two, (laughs) letting the world know the strategy behind so many of the cool things that the Bulls are doing. We're excited to see what Benny, Bulls Archive, Camille, and the rest of the Bulls team have up their sleeve. Uh, Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You two have been killing it. Thank you all. First of all, how dare you? We we are back. We're live. People are listening to this, and you just said I'm terrible. Uh, episode 32 of Social on the Sidelines. Thanks for listening to it. As always, Social on the Sidelines is brought to you by Front Office Sports with episodes presented by Team Infographics. Online, you can find them at teaminfographics.com or on Twitter at Team Infographs. Amara Cart called me terrible, and so in return, I will let you all know that she muted when I had said stray chords in the first part of this episode, she knew <laughs> the line because she was laughing so hard and she didn't want I people to hear. I can't have people so. snort. I can't, ha- I can't snort on social on the side. You know, actually, just because of that, I'm going to edit the snort that you had while we were recording. And then I'm going to edit no! it in right here. Everyone, take a second to listen to Amara snort. Braid cord. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> you didn't have I to do it. Believe- I'm going to edit it Wait, in. Wait, I... I still can't believe that that was a real read that you did. I thought you were just practicing. Okay, now, because everyone said that, I'm going to play my read. Please, everyone, listen to my read. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for getting through episode 32 of Social on the Sidelines, presented by Front Office Sports, with episodes brought to you by Team Infographics. You can find them online at teaminfographics.com, teaminfographics.com, or... On the Are you Twitterverse. just practicing, or is this real? Okay, well, now I'm going to cut back terrible. from there. There we go. Anyway, Amara, what are your 2020 goals? Oh, man. Let me pull them up. They're on my iPhone. Are they actually? Yeah. Oh, word? Okay. okay. <clears throat> so, one of them is to learn Italian. So I downloaded Rosetta Stone. Ooh. Yeah. It's, so I'm going to Italy for my 30th birthday. I heard old, about this. Let's yeah, get it. Yeah, I'm going in August. So I want to. Where are you going? To, oh my gosh. I'm going to Milan, Rome, uh, Capri, which I'm super excited about, Florence, Assisi. There are a couple other ones. Um, see, I'm super see. pumped. Yeah. I see what I did there? I'm super pumped. No, I'm going to ignore it. And so I downloaded Rosetta Stone. I paid for it um, legally. Don't worry. Subtle flex. 
Subtle flex. And, Financial uh, flex. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of them. And then I'll give you one more. Um, I also uh, got this Bible study book that is like a year long and it goes into every single book of the Bible. And it's like a, it's not a Bible for dummy, but like it's, um, there's like really pretty pictures and like a breakdown of each book. Um, I just wanted to get um, more into my religion in 2020. That's what's up. Uh, My goals are actually right in front of me. So I wrote, I write my daily goals down with Fern on my calendar. And then I also have like everyday goals that when I wake up, I see them. So like mine are praying, reading 30 minutes a day, meditating before work every day, one day a week on language, spending time with my wife, professional growth, budgeting, cleaning, the latter of which I'm not doing great at, but I'm doing everything else well. And then I have some year-long ones, which I can read to you. Uh, I'm trying to run a 5K. I've never ran a 5K, so I'm trying to, you know, shout out health, trying to get a little bit healthier. Um, What else am I trying to do? Oh, I'm trying to be a better leader. Um, I'm trying to learn a new language. Uh, I'm trying to learn either Arabic or um, learning how to speak my own uh, native tongue better, which is called Urdu. Um, and then Ooh. 25 books. I'm in the midst of two. And uh, yeah, okay. be be a better friend, family member, and husband is the last one on my list. I just literally gave you all of my goals. Well, I know. I'm overwhelmed. And I am proud of so you. Am I. So proud am I. So am I. <laughs> I'm uh, also I overwhelmed. have some, some other goals, but I'm going to keep those. Those to myself, well, I guess. Now you'll see if I'm a better person. I just gave my heart out to everyone. <laughs> I'm glad you're just keeping things. No, it's fine. I get it. It's fine. 2020. I feel it. Just keep things to yourself. Yeah. Anywho, people, please send us your goals. I would love to hear your guys' goals. Honestly, I would. Tweet them at yeah, us. Yeah, and Tweet also send some uh, book recs. I am trying to read more as well. Please, please, people. Okay, um, I'll give you a book rec right here. I'm uh, I'm actually turning into an audio listener. So during work, like instead of listening to music, um, I have started listening to books. And so this book that I'm listening to right now is called The Third Door, if you've heard of it. Mm. Um, and it's basically just talking about how some of the world's most successful people got to where they're at. And uh, it's very interesting. And the other one that I am, or not got to where they're at, but how they like launched and started their careers. And then the other one I'm listening to is called uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, which a lot of people know of, but I've never read it. So now I'm listening to it. Cool. Well, yeah, send us book recs. I would love that. I gave you two. Is that not good enough for more? Just kidding. I want to know book recs too. Yeah, yeah, I know. But actually, people send it to us. Like, if you have, if you hear all of our rambling and you get to this point and you don't send it to us, I'll be sad. So. All, right. all right. Any last words for the people? I'm Not happy, for your life. I'm for your, that was ominous. With you. Oh, that was nice. Thank you. Me too. Sometimes, except when you sing. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for listening. Wow.
Oh my god, people. Jeez. Why do you listen to Amara, of all people? Anyway. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. Bye.